Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, he is a great producer, great network executive, and a great friend. Jason Sarlanis is the head of development for TLC, where he oversees West and East Coast development. Jason started his career at E! back in the day, where he oversaw shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, The Soup, and Fashion Police. He went on to become VP of Development and Programming at ABC with a stop in between at Ryan Seacrest Company. He's smart, he's creative, and despite being much younger than me, has become somewhat of a mentor in the last few years. He always just seems to know everything about everything and exactly the right advice to give. He's also a very happy person and his optimism and sunny outlook is very infectious. Jason. Hi. You're here. I'm here. (laughs) After so long. Oh my God. I've been trying for a while. Those network executives, not easy to get all the time. Not necessarily easy to get all the time because we work for, you know, pretty Big companies, and we've got and now even bigger, even bigger. Yeah, you've got you're like you're an empire. I mean, now you're like, are you the biggest empire right now? Scripts Discovery. Oh God, no. I mean, in all of media, no. no. But when it comes to like the the cable of it all, the cable reality landscape, we're pretty damn big. Yeah. So. Oh my goodness. We're we're real life entertainment at its best, as we like to say. Exciting. Was everyone freaking out about the merger, or is it? Everybody always freaks out about every merger, right? (laughs) right? But I think. You know, the leadership teams in both companies are pretty, at least from from my perspective, what I've gotten to see, pretty impressive. And, you know, a, a lot of shoes will continue to drop and things will get figured out. But, you know, we're in good hands as much as far as I can tell. Yeah. And yeah. you're I mean, I said in my intro, like you're so <laughs> I'm going to gush. Uh-oh. No, you're, you're so smart. You're so. Thank you. I mean, you're 17, right? 17 and a half. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so yeah. you started at five. I think when I met you, you were five. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking, did we meet about 10 years ago? Over. Over 10 Over years 10 ago. Over 10 years ago. When you yeah. were like a little baby at E, mm-hmm. and I think you were, I don't remember what your title was, but you were lower level the first time I pitched you. Yeah, when you first pitched me, I would have been manager of development. Right, and right. I was like, okay, he's like one of those boy wonders I'm going to be working for one day, so I better be nice to him. Very sweet. <laughs> Even though I'd be passed, but whatever. That's okay. how I knew you were going to be good. <laughs> but then the second time we came, yeah. you were like, oh, you've come a long way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you've come a long way. And then you did buy our show. And that was Plastic Lives. And that was Plastic Lives oh, of the Upper East Side. That was the one, one that got Away. It is the one that got away. It is the and one ahead of its away. time, I must say. Yeah, I, I oh, brought no, that up no on another question. podcast. And I still it, like when that was probably what that was probably ten years ago. I think it was, and I can still remember the characters. And that doesn't happen very me often. Me too. They right? were they curly was, hair girl. Yeah, oh, she God. gets me. Uh, oh, what a what a love. What a sweetheart. <laughs> and by the way, you could probably sell that show today. Um, funny story. Mm. I just thought of the curly hair girl. So I don't know if she's still married to him, but she was married to the kind of strange doctor. We're not going to name names. Yep, yep. And he, about a year later, emailed me asking me if um, he could have some of the footage that he wanted to use for his website. And he said, I'm, I'm willing to give you free Botox. And, and you then, jumped. I, will, I did it. I was offended because I was, you know, like my mid-30s, I think. And, and I was like, I can't believe he thinks I need oh, Botox. Oh, then? Yeah. I thought you mean he no, called you right now. No, no, this was like, t- this was shortly after we did it. I would have taken it. Right, so I go, well. <laughs> Take the voucher. I go, first of all, I think I made a joke. Like, I'm not going to be offended by that offer. But, and I actually didn't even want Botox, but I have, I suffer from migraines. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. this would actually be a great thing to try out because I heard they're good for migraines. Yeah. Spoiler alert did not work that was the last time i got botox and nobody could nobody could tell because i was also like don't make it look like i'm yeah. you know my face is frozen but i could tell that my eyebrows were like stuck for you know three months like this well i'll say you look like you've had botox every day since because you look so young oh my god jason you're my number one <laughs> guest you just rose this to was my a, this was a show <laughs> about women married to plastic surgeons exactly which like later married to medicine and all of that yeah. i mean it wasn't pre-housewives it was around housewives new york had just started there we go and we and ours was set in New York, mm-hmm. Upper East Side, mm-hmm. hence Upper East Side. Uh, and this yeah. is before E had any uh, corporate relationship to Bravo, uh, and so we want to take them down. Yeah, but that's no, true. Didn't, didn't, and you had had Dr. There. Ray, so it sort of had that yeah. legacy of plastic surgery. Well, that was one of my first shows. There was Dr. Nine Two and and so to be able to kind of bring part of that culture back to the network was really important to me. And ultimately, got to have a small part of doing that with Botched before I left, but. Um, oh my god! Amazing. I did, but that was all Leela. That was all Leela Pon. I just got to take the first first phone call. Which, we talked about. Did you listen? 
how do you not take that call? Did you listen to Doug and Alex? I had them yes. on. Yeah, we talked I about Botch. I They're so great. Well, it, it, they really are. This They're, odd couple yeah, that <laughs> somehow it's like one plus one equals five with those guys. A hundred percent. They could not be more different. No. I love them both. And Alec, talk about Boy Wonder. I mean, please. Hi. Alex is 18. Yeah. <laughs> You're older than you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's We're the best. We're school together. Yeah. And also, <laughs> he pulls true. through for me. I'm having yeah. Erica Jane on next. That was all Amazing. Alex. Amazing. Like, he just go. he does it. He, I love he, her. She yeah. needs a spinoff, Bravo. Hi. She does. Yeah. <laughs> Not that, right? Yeah. Who's that, Amy Phillips? I'm working on it. Um, okay, so did you graduate elementary school and then go to E, or was I, there like high school and college I, in between? I, I <laughs> might have started before I graduated, but yes, I started at E right before I graduated uh, college. I don't know where you went to college. Boston University. Oh. So I went to Boston University specifically for the—I'm a television like nerd. I love, love, love it. And, and what did you watch growing up? Everything. Was it like Saved by the Bell? Like what was your generation? Uh, God, but like I'm—no, I'm not that kind of person. Uh, like Yes, I watched every episode <laughs> of Saved by the Bell, but like I was watching old episodes of— you know, to tell the truth and what's okay. my line. And I was watching, uh, you know, Maud and all the fa- like. I will watch everything. Yeah. Like I, I just love it. Loved it. Um, and so Boston University has an incredible television executive program. Really? And you look at the ranks like Bonnie Hammer, uh, Ted Harbert. Um, David Zaslav went to the law school there, I believe. Oh uh, Nina Tassler from CBS. Like, I mean, I know Howard went there, but I don't think he, he did the radio thing. Uh, Howard Stern yeah. went there. Went, I just yeah. say Howard. <laughs> well, Howard and Ted, I think, went to school there at the same time. Yes, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So oh, that's crazy. It, and it's just like a who's who of, of network leaders. And did that help you get the job at E? No. <laughs> Completely not. I, I My best friend uh, had been working there, and she, she got me a contact. And I started working for Lisa Berger, and it was— the entire genesis of my career, and I'm so blessed to have gotten in there. I started the week Ted started, I believe, working for the SVP of development at the time for Style and— That was Jenny, No, right? no, no. SVP was Lisa. Oh, so but, Lisa did Berger. Je- but did Jenny work under Lisa? Yes. Because just when Ted came in was when they killed a pilot that we did for them that Lisa said. Oh. I'm sure I told you that story. No. She said, this will haunt me for the rest oh, of my no. career. And I, I like Lisa. Nothing against Lisa. I don't know her very well. But but it, but it crushed a young girl's hopes and dreams mm-hmm. where we it was my company, my own company. And, and Jenny, we got hooked up through Corey right. Abraham. It was yep. a really amazing opportunity. And I, of course, I love Jenny. She did my first podcast. Yeah. And uh, it was a, it was a, it was called key swap, and couples switch part it was for mm-hmm. style, and they switch partners. It. Oh my god! And they make each other over. Yeah. And we sat in Lisa's office, and Lisa said, and I quote, "We would have to burn the tapes for this not to go to series." And then Mindy <sighs> went out. Ted came yep. in. Ted looked at the pilot, and Ted said, eh, "Too many swap shows on TV right now." Meh, dead. Oh. And I sat on my sister's couch, fetal position, for like two days and cried. And I, I would have started just right after that because I remember filing the tape for Keyster, uh, Key Swap. Oh. I remember it was a VHS tape. You that, put it at on the, the time, dead. Yes, we were I VHS know. tapes at the time. I know. And the the and I will never forget one of the very first VHS tapes I got to watch at E was the casting tape for Girls Next Door. Wow. And, and so that, when you saw that tape, what did you think? So it had come in. Um, it was it was technically a Fox property. Right. Oh. Because oh, Kevin Burns, who right. has a production company called Prometheus Entertainment, was under yes. Fox at the time. OK. And and the man is an absolute genius. Yeah. You've talked about him before. And he had done a lot of documentaries about Hef's life. And so he had access into the mansion like no one else. And he was working on a project called Hef's World, which was supposed to be this upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey about oh, the mansion. And Hef said, would you please, as a courtesy to me, at the end of the tape, just interview the girls so that, you know, they feel the love. And so he interviewed the girls at the end. And so we're watching this whole casting tape, every butler, every, you know, maid. <laughs> Are they and, all boring? And They're not boring, but they're, like, they're, not. they're the best at what they do. Right. I mean, we're talking like they're royal super level. professional, yeah. yeah. And then Holly, Bridget, and Kendra come on. <laughs> and we all looked at one another and we're like, oh, my God. That's the show. That's the show. And, you know, I, the fact that I got to be a part of the very beginning of that was just Incredible, incredible. I was an assistant at the time. Wow. And you were Lisa's assistant. Lisa's assistant. And so then what do you do? Do you say to Fox, we want the show? Well, meaning Fox the studio. So the right. Fox so Studio was, was a part of it. Oh, okay, yep. got it. So it was and and to Lisa's credit, I mean you you look at that network, E at the time had only done internal productions. Yeah. Right? All right. E, e as a as a conglomerate. Yes, that was the beginning. And Lisa had come from the outside and she goes, No, we're gonna make a, a, a good deal here and we're gonna be able to work with the big boys and we're gonna work with a broadcast studio to make this happen. And we did. And she was able to just kind of muscle her way through and change the entire deal structures for the network. Incredible. And, and was that E's first bona fide hit? 
Uh, well, no, I mean, you know, Anna Nicole had existed before, which oh, was internal. Right, okay. And, and, and in many ways, and I talked about, like, bringing the culture of 90210 back, you know, there's certain temples that ha- had made E what it was. Anna Nicole was one of them. So yeah. Girls Next Door was a spiritual successor to that Okay, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, now, and did you get to work on that show? Yes. So I was so lucky that in that time I got promoted to manager um, when you had first met yeah. me. And um, I got to be the number two exec on, on Girls Next Door. And Brent Zaki, who is I love a Brent. genius Where, is and he such a ba- good guy. Yeah, he's producing. He's, yeah, so he's like, on the producer side now. Yeah. And, and, okay, so Lisa does a lot of things great. And what she does, probably paramount of everything, is she team builds. And she yeah. only hired producers. So as this plucky network kid, <laughs> right. I was learning from Jenny Daly yeah. and Lewis Roberts, Brent and Saki. These were all executive producers. These were people who could pick up a camera. Who could. Yeah. So I didn't know anything but that. Right. I didn't learn the traditional network well, thank God. point of view. No, not thank God. I think no, there's I think, great network executives no, but who have only been network executives. And I'll fight you to the, to the death for I know for you it. know my position on um, that. I know, but but <laughs> I got a different perspective. Right. And so I, I learned under Brent Saki on that show. And then Brent left... To go run development for West Coast TLC. Oh, right. And I was a manager at the time, overseeing only one show, The Soup. And Lisa turns to me and, you know, I'm, this is not PG, right? I can... Yeah, fuck okay. it all. Perfect. And <laughs> she goes, hey, so Brent left and you're his number two on Dr. 9210 and Girls Next Door. And Girls Next Door is our biggest show. I go, yeah. She goes, you're just going to do them yourself. I go, okay. She goes, you think you'll fuck him up? I go, no. She goes, great. Don't fuck him up. And that was it. And so as a manager, I got to oversee okay. the biggest show on the network, which was a huge, I mean, talk about luck. Jesus. So this is where I always stop for those teaching moments. Yeah. So what you said, yeah. Yeah. You did the, sure. Yeah. And then inside were you going, oh my God, there's no fucking way I can do this. Honestly, no. And I think it, it's not a hubris. It's when you've got. An executive producer like Kevin Burns, part of what you have to do is just stay out of his way and let mm-hmm. him be as great as he's going to be, right? Um, and I knew Lisa and I had built a rapport where, to this day, I could walk into her office and go, you know, I think I think you're going to want tuna fish for lunch today, right? <laughs> so I just I, I knew her so well that I knew I could get the show to a place where she would love it, and then. But you had the confidence in your producing skills at that point because you yeah, had to. Yeah. And and it was funny. I remember my first notes call with Kevin Burns and I started the notes call. And within 30 seconds, he screamed at me, hung up the phone. <laughs> you told fi- me yeah. this story. I love and, it. <laughs> and I genuinely believed that the note I was giving would make for a higher rating. Would it make for a better show? That's not my job. But I felt like it would make for a higher rating. And that is my job. And so and that is the one thing. One of the few things Lisa would turn to me and give you a didactic lesson. Yeah. Your job is not to make a better show. Your job is to stay out of the producer's way unless you get a higher rating. That's your job. And I, I take that, you know, to every piece of television I watch. Like, that is my job. Did Kevin so, take your note ultimately? Kevin called me a half hour later. And he said, okay, we just tried it in the bay and you're right. <laughs> I go, great. Should we continue with the notes? He said, sure. And... What was so amazing, and and my relationship with Kevin has matured since then, obviously, it is this mutual respect and love. Yeah. Like he and and we would still fight. And for the next five years, (laughs) he would hang up the phone on me and say, What are you thinking? And 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 sometimes he and what I love about him and the best producers will get to the spirit of the note. They won't. Our job as a network uh, executive is not to tell you what to do. It's to tell you there's something off here. Yeah. I don't know the footage inside and out. I don't know what your editors have been toiling over. They're going to correct it in a way that hopefully takes that note and triple times it into what that show could be. I think that's a great point. And, And to my point, you know, and you've heard me talk about network executives and notes and all that. And I think that that. That is the best kind of note, right? It's not at, at you know, at uh, 12, 12 seconds in, you know, there's a flash of this and can you change it to a flash yeah. of this? Like, yeah. that's not what we producers appreciate. But what mm-hmm. we do appreciate is that larger. And sometimes it's hard, right? Because it's like you're putting it back in our laps to figure it out. Right. But we should have, we should know what we're doing enough. Mm-hmm. And we should know, again, it's this dance between you want to make your art, but you also need to make. A show that's going to succeed. I mean, mm-hmm. once you get paid by a network to make a show, you're not making your art anymore on your own. You're making it for a network that has a specific brand that they know will get specific ratings when you do specific things. Right. And like, I think producers 
if you don't know that or understand that as a producer, I don't think you can be successful because you're just going to you're just going to be in, like you said, you know, an echo chamber, basically. Well, and it's funny, like. So we were doing our first spinoff of Girls Next Door, Kendra. Right. right. Kendra on top? Or was no, that? It was just Kendra. Just Kendra. Just Kendra. What was Kendra on top? Was that the Kendra's gone to We now. Okay. Exactly. And, and, and kudos to them, like, that they continue that show, because I believe E should have. Well, now they're going to capture the divorce. I, we'll see if that's uh, true. I hope not. I hope not, because I love those guys. But yeah. um, They've been through a lot. They have been through a lot. <laughs> um, so we had done, episode one was in the can. Episode two had come in, and we loved it, and we were all thinking it's great. And episode three comes in. And Ted Harbour, Ted is uh, one of the best network leaders I've ever worked under, and I've told him this to his face. Like, if I do a good Ted Harbour impression for the rest of my career, I'm I'm okay. So, what's the impression? Meaning, like, just what I do, oh, oh, like literally in, in, model yourself yeah. after. Okay. Um, if I'm just a, a lame Im- imitation of Ted <laughs> Harbour, I'm doing okay. So, but you're not going to be with Chelsea Handler. Let's make that super clear. <laughs> no, that, that that would not work out. I don't for a so. lot of reasons. Many reasons. Um. So so. Episode three comes in, and I think we're we're within five days of the premiere of the show at this point. Oh, and God. the the show comes in, and it is spectacular. It's so good, and story wise, it does not track at all. Like <laughs> you know, meaning it had to be episode three. Okay. And Ted goes, "This is our premiere. Like all uh, of this content right. has. If if it bleeds, it leads. Right. Like you right. have to start with what's best." And I had to do that phone call to Kevin and say, "Hey, Kevin." What are you doing for the next five days? Because we're going to have to rejigger everything in episodes one, two, and three to make these elements from episode three the premiere. And Kevin, to his credit, I mean, he goes, oh, I hate when the network is this right. Yeah. And no, no fight. He yeah. was like, absolutely. Right. And it's with, just hard. Within five days, we turned around an entire new cut of a premiere episode, stealing from the best parts of episodes one, two, and three to make episode one sing. And that show was a huge, huge hit for us. Like, people think Kardashians was the only hit on ne- the network, but... I mean, it took Kardashians years to, to get, get back, yeah. to, the, to the girls' next story. Wow. And I always think in those stories, like, then what happens to episodes two and three? <laughs> they were awesome. Okay. Right? No, no, no. It's <laughs> so like if you're taking all the best oh stuff, are you if left you, with boring two and three? No, it's, it, but if you just look at, at that first season, it was one of the best first seasons of a show I've ever gotten to yeah. work on. And, 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 like, when a producer can take a note like that, like a, a, a nuclear bomb note, right. and in five days rejigger an entire three-episode run of a series or, or the first three episodes of a series, and, and it all is worth it, I mean, that's that's, that's when everything is coming together in the best possible way. You know? Yeah, and you feel good about your role. He feels good about, like, you're all creating magic together. Yeah, and, and like, sweating. to I, yeah. we, we had at E! at the time literally been in some circumstances where we were feeding into our feed, our broadcast feed, act by act, because we were that close to air. Oh, it's like local news. Yeah. Well, and that and that's why, and that's exactly what Kevin <laughs> said to me when I gave him the yeah. the note. And he goes, "I go, Kevin, is this doable?" He goes, "The news is on every day by five p.m. Exactly. We're gonna make it happen." Did he come from a news background? No, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin actually, uh, crazy story, used to be a teacher at Boston University. Oh, I should have him on the podcast. He's, that's so interesting. He is a br- he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And now I believe he's one of the executive producers, I believe, on uh, Lost in Space coming on Netflix. Oh, really? Because he has the rights. He's one of the custodians of the rights. Yeah. Fascinating. He, he is one of the most fascinating human beings I've ever, okay. ever come to. Definitely want to speak to him. Yeah. yeah. So you were there again so early on, and then you had, the, you had Kendra, and then talk about sort of the Ryan Seacrest of it all yeah. and how he came to the network and what you were involved. Yeah, so, I mean, Ryan, I've, I've been so lucky to have kind of Ryan as part of my career the entire time as well. So when I was Lisa's assistant at the time, we were going through one of our one of my first mergers. I've I've really loved all the mergers. That I've was NBC, right? No, 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 no. Oh. It was so Disney used to be a half owner of E. OK. And Comcast bought them out. So this was our first corporate regime change. (laughs) And we had to do a big dog and pony show to the new Comcast Mucky Mucks about what our vision for E would be. And I remember being in uh, a lot of this fell on Lisa and at the time Suzanne Kolb, who Mm -hmm. was her counterpart in marketing. And it was Lisa, Suzanne Kolb, myself and Suzanne's assistant at 2.30 in the morning after a seven hour brainstorm writing notes up on a whiteboard about what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And one of the ideas to come out of that was to get a face for the network, to really elevate the network. Yeah. So one of the things we wanted to do was steal a big show from somewhere else that ultimately became Simple Life. 
Oh, wow. Which had ended its run on Fox, yeah. and we took it over at E. Did you guys produce new episodes? Two seasons. Oh, I don't and that was my that. first. that was my first gig as a network exec overseeing a show. Oh, my God. With Simple Life. Um, and then, and that ultimately yielded the Kardashians, which we'll talk about in a second. But, ah, um, the Paris connection. Exactly. And then the other thing was Get That Face, and the face that we thought epitomized E in pop culture, and as an American Idol fan, I was, like, obsessed with uh-huh. this, was Ryan Seacrest. And, <laughs> you know, we're, we're coming up with all of our bullets, like, how do we get Ryan Seacrest? Let's offer him Live from My Carpet. It's our biggest prestigious, you know, thing of the year. And who was doing it? Joan at that no, point? No, at that point, it might it was Kathy Griffin. Oh, it was wow. Kathy Griffin at the time. Okay. Um, and she and Ryan actually co-hosted in the very beginning. Okay. Uh, that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that chemistry no. at all. Um, it was actually great on air. It was great television. Right. It wasn't great behind Was she just making fun of him the whole time? Um, no. <laughs> okay. She was making fun of, like, Dakota Fanning, Ooh, and that didn't— right. that, That's ultimately— Yeah, you know, that's not going to fly. Yeah, it didn't work out. Ouch. Um, and I think our third bullet was, like, let's do Ryan Seacrest Productions. Like, give, give him a production company. And, and that was your idea. No, it was my idea. I got to write it down. Yeah. I, I got that was to, Jason's I was, idea I was, for the record. I was a brilliant whiteboard writer. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, it's so funny that to look at what that ultimately yielded for the network. Now, mm-hmm. granted, we did not come up with that idea. I'm sure Ryan is the smartest entrepreneurial business person I've ever gotten to be around. Wow. Um, but the fact that we were willing as a kind of, you know, small network at the time right. to figure out to do this big overall deal with one of these pop culture giants. We really went there. We, we went all in. And was that an issue with ABC at that point? I mean, sorry, with um, Fox, Fox at that point? No, <laughs> no. The um, reboot. I'm getting confused. Actually, the trickiest part of the negotiation was figuring out his deal with On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Oh, the radio. The radio show. Okay, because so that was we, huge. As, uh, another big part of what we did was we built an entire radio studio in the lobby of E. I remember that. So that he that. could do his— I remember yes. that. So, I mean, th- that deal, and a credit to the brilliant BA people over at, at E at the time, figuring that out, yeah. all of these moving pieces, yeah. how we're going to work around his schedule on Idol, how we'll get him on news, how we'll figure out the morning show with him, how we'll build out an entire production company. It was not easy, and they did it. They did it, and, and it— it changed the trajectory of that network without a question. Right. So from the other point of view, I had Elliot Goldberg on who was running Ryan's company. Uh, sitting uh, three offices down from me at the time. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, he was in our on our floor. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, that's funny. So he so so Ryan started the company with Adam Scher, who was his agent yep. at the time, who's now like, Adam was still his agent at the time. Right. Yeah. Before he and came then over. they hired Elliot. Yep. And then they said, we have to come up with some show ideas with E. Like yeah, we had like an output deal with them. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, what are we going to do? So then yeah. from the network point of view, tell me the short version of the Kardashian story. Got it. I'll try and keep it I short. Know. So we had it's worked so with the Kardashians to, I'm going to get all of them. And then I'm going to yeah. get Kim on to tell and the real story. And then one day, you'll just piece all of <laughs> exactly. our sound bites together and get the real story. It'll be like the, the oral history of the exactly. Kardashians. So, okay. So I told you about Simple Life. Like, we'd always coveted Simple Life. Right. It just felt like such an E show. Definitely. So we did a version that we felt... It was called Filthy Rich Cattle Drive, right? <laughs> and we took about seven filthy rich kids and put them on this cattle ranch in the middle of nowhere. How did I miss that? And Kim was originally one of the cast members. And I, I need to see that. It's it, honestly, it is a <laughs> hidden gem. You I should watch just replay the hell it. Out of that. It's so good. It had, um, it had uh, Brandon Davis. Oh. It had. Um, it was a hot mess. Brittany Gastineau, because uh, we had done the Gastineau Girls. Uh, I watched the Gastineau Girls uh, Brittany, every Brittany's episode. A, I love Brittany. Um, she's she's still Kim's best friend. She's still one of them. Very very close to the yeah. family. Like every time I go to any event, she'd be there. there. Um, so we ultimately Courtney, Courtney Kardashian was on the show with Courtney Semmel. They were very close oh friends, and she was just great. Just she gave the best eye rolls. Right. She was just so funny. Um, she had that sardonic wit to her, and we just kind of loved her. And no one's ever spoken about like I never yeah. see. So that was our first yeah, interaction like, with the family. I don't even know that anyone knows Courtney was on. I mean, I guess yeah. people who watched it, but I mean, she there were another... a lot of people who watched that show. But <laughs> but it was our first real yeah. encounter with the family. Okay, and the girls had, and everybody in town will say we passed on the Kardashians. What a fool! Right. No one saw the Kardashian pitch, but E. What everyone saw was a show called Kardashian Closets. Yes. And it was a makeover show with the three girls making over closets based on Kim's business. Right. And nobody did that show for a lot right. of reasons. Right. Um, but it was Elliot who had the the deal with us through RSP who was 
a lot of pressure was put on Elliot to, to deliver. Right? Yeah. We had paid a lot of money to get <laughs> yeah. Ryan, and we hadn't delivered a, a show that had worked yet. Right. And um, ultimately, they had done a a talent deal with Dina Katz. Right. He talked about Dancing that. How she's like, and you she gotta... fed him a ton of great talent, and right. of them. The Kardashians were one, yeah. and, and it was truly Dina. Dina who spotted the family. Yeah, no, Elliot definitely yeah. said yeah. that. He gave the he gave that credit. Um, and so remember, in the meeting, that was the first time anybody had taken a meeting with all of them, and okay. the, and it was the parents that really sold it because yeah. then you knew what the family dynamic was. And I remember being behind Chris Jenner's couch, holding you know a monitor with my IFB in on the sizzle shoot. Yeah. Oh my god. And um and it was the stripper pole moment that made the show. Um, that that was the moment we greenlit the show. So after Ky- Elliot and I finished our podcast, yeah. because I forgot to talk about the stripper the moment. The stripper moment. Yeah. So Kylie Kylie had to be seven at the time or something. And, and she was nine. So she naturally jumps on the stripper pole and is doing her moves in Chris's bedroom because that's where she would keep a stripper pole. Of course, as one would. obviously. And Bruce very <laughs> realistically just walked in and. You know, we used to joke, "Oh, poor Bruce," right? Because that was the that was the butt of every joke. <laughs> Little did you know. And he grabs Kylie, put fireman <laughs> carries her out, and we all, when we saw that come back in the sizzle, we go, "There's a series." Yeah. But it was also one of those crazy things because networks every now and then at the end of the year, when we rebalance our sheets, get this influx of cash. And Girls Next Door was doing so well for us that we got this huge influx of cash at the end of the year that we had to spend that year. Right. We had no pilot screenings. We had no focus testing. Right. We had to slam a show on. And this sizzle tape had come in. We all said, all right, (laughs) something's there. Yeah. And so the problem was we had built Ryan Seacrest Productions as a development entity, but there was no production in. Right. And Kardashians was a, it took a village. My one single contribution to the creation of that show was I had just wrapped Simple Life with with Ben and Murray. With Ben and Murray. And Jeff, Fernaz, and Russell, the team that were overseeing it, were so incredible to work with. Yeah. And I was so lucky. And no one at the network had worked with them except Lisa on her real world days. Oh my gosh. You know, twenty years prior. Right. But but we didn't have a deal with Ben and Murray because that was a, another um Fox show. Simple Life was right, owned by Fox. Right. And so we had no deal structure with the biggest producer <laughs> in reality. Right. And, you know, deals can take months. That's what this story shocks me. Yeah. Because, like, within a few days, they struck a deal within with Within one business day. Yeah, how? I don't even get that. It was And then incredible. it was on the air, like, two weeks later. It, it, it genuinely was. So so, <laughs> I, so crazy. we're figuring out who do we give the show to. And I, I go to Lisa and I say, honestly— they're going to know how to manage these girls better than anyone, and they can constantly remind them, look what happened to Paris when she no longer had a show, right? Like, that was part of Good point, yeah. of, of the, the psyche of working with these guys. And and Lisa loves John. Yeah. Like, they started their careers together, and she said, you're absolutely right. Let's send it to John. And John got it like that. Yeah. And within a day, their BA came over to our offices— they were locked in a room together. We sent in pizza, and then at the end of the day, we sent in champagne. And we they they hammered out a deal in a room in a day, and it was incredible. It, I've never seen anything like it before. Wow! Or since did you think that it was going to be successful? Did you just have that feeling? I go. I am a Pollyanna, so everything. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be amazing, especially at that time, <laughs> right. you know? When you um, were not quite as jaded. Yeah, well, I'm not that jaded. You're not jaded. But, it's but amazing. Yeah, I, I did feel like we it's had something, something special. Yeah. Um, and I think it, where where we really knew we had something special was Fernaz is, she has magic witch powers yeah. in terms of making great television. Right. I don't know how she does it. But what she does better than anyone is create this covenant with the talent. Like, you can trust me to yeah. the grave. Well, they're really tight, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. They, uh, they are like family. Yeah. And they fight like family. Right. And they love each other right. like family. Um, is she Armenian, too? No, no. Okay. Uh, I believe she's Persian. Okay. But I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um. So. They have that. Some crazy stuff happened in reality with the family, which right. I think Damo spoke about. Yeah. Right? I was just going to mention. Um, and. Bernaz said, trust me, this is the moment. Right now, the show has not aired. You can either trust me to film this or you can close me off. But if you close me off, I'll never have the footage. But I promise you, we will make great television and you guys will look great. And to Kris Jenner's credit, she trusted this person who had been in her house for a couple weeks. She doesn't know her <laughs> right. from Adam. And that that decision 
by Kris Jenner in that moment to trust the process and trust the production company and ultimately the network yielded the best television. That was that was a, ended up being our mid-season super tease of mommy, why is the FBI here? Right. right? And that ended up catapulting the show over the course of its, I think, eight or 12 episode run in season one. It grew week on week on week on week. And that was a huge part of its success. Wow. What did you make of Kris Jenner? She's brilliant. Had you did you get that right away? Like this oh. is somebody that's just she is an she's e talent to its core. She mm. is smart. She came from humble beginnings, which which you know the most successful people on e all did, and I think that's something that is actually interesting. really important to the DNA of e that sometimes gets lost. That's um, self made. That that self made, but like that also that kind of hustler entrepreneurial mm. mentality. Like I am gonna make it because yeah. isn't that Hollywood, right? Yeah. Like this person yeah. from nowhere drives their beat that's up jalopy yeah. and they're gonna make it, and that's the Hollywood dream. And that is Kris Jenner. She Ooh. was a flight attendant turned mega. She's a mega star, an international mega star. Amazing. And you know she is so <laughs> smart and savvy. And but also what I so appreciate about her and this is very true. She really is maternal to her core. Like she is mama hen. Don't you dare cross one of her children. She will attack you. And and rightfully so. And I just I I, I love that one. Yeah. She's so smart. No, I get it. I agree. Um, Okay, so then let's. So so you're at E for how many years? I was at E for like Eight and a half years. And yeah. And then Ryan Seacrest. Yes. So how did that happen? So I was I was at E for eight and a half years. The last year I was there, Lisa had left and there was this kind of power vacuum. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was reporting directly to our new president, Suzanne Kolb. And and basically Domla, Leela and I were, were just kind of the insane asylum was left to run itself, you know? <laughs> and that was great. And and it was the best nine months. I could possibly have in the new NBCU regime because we just we were fearless and I had nine months left on my contract and I knew I was done. Right. I had tried to leave E like three times prior (laughs) and I constantly got sucked back (laughs) in um, for good reason. And I just knew I was done. And I was taking meetings and trying to figure it out. And I was in uh, London on vacation and it just so happened we were shooting a Ryan Seacrest produced show, The Wanted Life, which is a a show about the boy band The Wanted in London. So I went down to the shoot and, you know, we're having drinks and we're having a good time. So I'm, I'm working on my vacation, of course. Right. Um, <laughs> which is drinks and having a good time. Uh, and Heather Schuster, who at the time was at RSP, you know, turns to me and goes, you know, we're thinking of bringing on a SVP of development. Are you interested in kind of running our development department for me? I go, hmm, that's kind of the obvious Segue, like yeah, duh, right? And I talked to Adam Share like a week later, and Adam and I go way back, and and he's he's been such a great mentor to me. And I said, "Is this real? Like, do you, do you want to do this?" And he goes, "Dude, I've been trying to work with you forever. Like, let's let's do this." And and I would follow Adam off a cliff, like he's that kind of guy. And so I, after eight and a half years, and and it was weird because I I feel like I was a part of the DNA there at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's so part of who I am. I, I told them I was leaving and, you know, there were a lot of tears and it was not easy. And I was like, but I'm only going right across the hallway to Ryan Seacrest Productions. And so I went over there and it was, it was an awesome opportunity and a great learning time for me. So, so how long were you at Ryan Seacrest? I was at Ryan Seacrest for, I think like nine months. So it was not a very long time. And then you had a baby. Then I had a baby. (laughs) Uh, no. So you know, as would become a big part of my career <laughs> toward yeah. a, ever since the NBC uh, regime change, uh, unbeknownst to me, there were a lot of changes happening behind the scenes when I went over to Ryan Seacrest Productions. And uh, like I said, I would follow Adam off a cliff. Well, Adam left Ryan Seacrest Productions within about three months of me going over there. Is that when he went to left field? Uh, no, that's when he just left. Okay. Um, and <laughs> Let's leave it there. Yes. So, yeah, Ryan left. I mean, not Ryan, obviously. Adam left. And it was kind of an odd time for me there. And at that exact time, my my best friend and true mentor, Lisa Berger, went over to ABC and an opportunity came up to go, you know, buy at a broadcast network. And I was like, oh, my God, like what a huge opportunity. And, you know, Lisa called Ryan and she goes, you've got my guy. I kind of I need my guy. And Ryan, to his credit, you know, 
understood that there was a huge opportunity for him to have someone who respects him and loves him over buying at a broadcast right, network. Right. And and he's not the kind of person who would stop me from progressing in my career. Like he, he's, yeah. you know, he's all about climbing that ladder and, and figuring out right. how to be the best you can be. And so he was very kind and let me go over to ABC. So I went over to ABC and then <laughs> as it happens in this new uh, new world, uh, Lisa left shortly after I went over there. <laughs> but I was at ABC for two years, which was which was tre- a tremendous opportunity. It was really fun. So we talked we've talked about this before off mic, but yeah. what what was the biggest difference between, you know, your DNA, like you said, was it the cable network? Mm-hmm. Um you know, doing specific types of shows, not all the same, but in, yeah. a, in a particular brand. And you go to broadcast and it's a lot of shiny floor competition and, you know, uh, studio stuff that that was just bigger, you know, huger budgets, lots more red tape, lots bigger stakes. Like, well, what were the what were the changes that you liked? What were the changes that you didn't like? Well, it was interesting because, again, E! was such a great learning ground. Yeah. Because, yes, I, I did a lot of the Kardashian stuff, but I also was doing Shiny Floor, right? I was doing the soup. I did Fashion Police with Joan was Rivers. Was soup considered Shiny Floor? Uh, shiny Floor, <laughs> but, well, meaning green studio, screen. studio, meaning know, studio based. Um, so I I didn't just have field experience, yes. right? And and when you're working with Joan Rivers and big celebrities are coming in and, and live from a carpet, you're kind of used to bigger, right, bigger scale, level. right? Yes. Or at least how that works. Uh-huh. So you can translate some of that skill set over. Right. But... The biggest change for me was going to a place where the reality department is just kind of off there in the corner, right? right. Like you're you're the crazy people as far as they're concerned, right? You're talking about a, well, a history brand for seventy years, and we're the the nut jobs who are making reality. Well, I mean, there was The Bachelor, obviously, that was the yeah. biggest reality hit. Yes, that ABC. Well, had. and Dancing with the Stars. D- Dancing with the Stars Sorry. is truly the biggest uh, hit for them. Bigger but, than Bachelor, okay. Um, meaning at it, it was the one that had been the biggest okay. it, at one point unseated idol, you know, right in the ratings. But yes, the bachelor, right. no question. And about then it. there's obviously very little real estate after that. Right. And also we're not planned real estate there. Right. So that was right. the big difference for me. It's not like we have a spot coming up. That's going to be, it was a, more, you know, we're going to have we'll to go into it. repeats on Grey's Anatomy during the right. winter. If you can find something more cost effective than Grey's that could do a better number, we'll, we'll throw something on, which by the way, that, that is the broadcast model. Absolutely. I'm not pooing it. American Idol came. American Idol was a summer replacement series. Right. The best shows on television came out of that. Yeah. So it's just it was a huge culture shift for me because yeah. I was used to being kind of the in the lead, right? And now we were off in the corner. So that was that was a a jarring shift. But the the best thing was from a relationship standpoint. Like I I met every producer, uh, not in the U.S. around the world. And that was a big change for me. So it was going down to MIP, learning about Keshet and right. knowing every, you know, every great Israeli producer from Avi Armoza to and, and those formats. I mean, I saw Beat Shazam three years before it came to America. And I was just and I was like, we got to do this show. Yeah. Right? So that was a Jamie Foxx one, right? It ultimately became yeah. a Jamie Foxx show. Yeah. yeah. But um, but uh, there's still a huge font of talent all around the world to mine. And and look yeah. at it. I mean, both American Ninja Warrior and Shark Tank, the two of the biggest successes of modern broadcast reality, still came from Japan. So there's still a huge opportunity out there that I don't think enough network executives are taking taking advantage of. Okay, I'm really glad you brought up Shark Tank. Yeah. Did you ever get to go to the set of Shark I Tank? I never <laughs> got to go to the set of Shark Tank. We have no. nothing left to say. No, I'm done. I'm, I'm having done. Yun Linger on. Uh-huh. Am I pronouncing it right? I uh, wouldn't okay. even know. Okay, I, I was so removed. I was so removed from that. I was um, lucky enough to be a part of a little bit, um, what did they call it? Shark after the tank oh, yeah, or after something. The, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, very, very tangential. Yeah, I just have to bring it up every podcast. It's kind of just the thing. But it's so funny because so at at ABC, one of the shows that I got to be a part of was the re-envisioning of Battle Boss, right? Right, <laughs> I remember that. was a Comedy Central yeah, format, right, that so we funny. brought to broadcast, which was so bizarre. Yeah. And I can't believe we got away with it. And it did a, a nice two-season run on, on ABC, and it was, it was fun. It, you know, I think it was our best summer premiere in like seven years or oh, something wow. at, the, at the time. Who produced it? Um, so that's Whale Rock, okay. um, which is Chris Cowan got the rights, yeah. and he, that guy's a, a genius. Talk about storied career in reality, because he was, you know, um, one of the— I, 
did he do Temptation Island? He did like all of those great Fox shows oh, back in the so day. Funny. Um, and now BattleBots is coming to Discovery. So it's it's a little full circle for me. So when I saw that internal press release, I called the guys. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not working on it. But whatever you need, whatever yeah. you need, I want this show to be a huge success for uh-huh. us. So, yeah. So then um, something happened that was it a restructuring or they're doing layoffs? Yeah. So Paul Lee was uh, left the company and there was a uh, opportunity for buyouts. And yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> yes, please. Have, couldn't please, been, sir. It, it was, it, I, I had learned what I needed to learn. Let's put yeah. it that way. Um, uh, I remember there was a there was a regime change that happened when Lisa left and. Um, you know, some uh, somebody was just so nice was like, you know, if you just keep your head down and and stay <laughs> below the radar, you'll be fine here. Yeah. And I just had like a Julia Sugarbaker moment. And I was like, I was not hired to put my head yeah. down. And, you know, I, I was just so and he goes, dude, I was just giving you like some advice. Uh, yeah. like, Calm down. Yeah, yeah. But so I just I, I remember having dinner with you at the yeah, Soho house yeah. and you saying, like, I don't want to be bored. Like, yeah. it's, I get that it's fun to other people, but yeah. like. You didn't come to this job to get paid to do nothing. Yeah, so it, it, it was just time for me to leave, and um, so I left and and had the best nine months of oh my, my God. life. Yeah. I'm still jealous of that. Yeah. So you traveled all around Europe. Traveled all around Europe, twenty cities in three <laughs> months, and it was spectacular. I, I, like just basically listening to podcasts, <laughs> walking around different old European streets, and and refueling me. Right. I think yeah. you know. When I, I help teach a class at my alma mater and all the students always ask, like, what, what can we do? Like, I'm just like, live your life, get some experiences, because if you don't have a font of experiences, you don't have any way to tell stories about it, anything. Right. You need to fill yourself up a little bit. Yeah. I and totally so that agree. was that was absolutely necessary. The, the batteries were recharged in a big way. Yeah. And, yeah. you you know, it was, I remember calling you, um, I think. I don't remember where you were, Greece. You were somewhere exotic, and you're like, sure, I can talk. It was like a work thing. I felt bad. Yeah. But, you know, I needed your advice because you, you're you're this person who, you are young for the business. I mean, it's all relative now. Now yeah. you're older than now you were. <laughs> now there's a new crop coming in. But, but you've always kind of been one of these wise beyond your years people in my mind, and I'm older than then you. Then you need to meet some other people <laughs> <laughs> if you're putting me on no, a pedestal. I do put you on a pedestal because I think you – what I've always been impressed with with you is not just that you're a good producer and you have, you're very creative, but you also have a very good business sense and like almost like like an agent in a way. Like you like you you know all the players. You, you're very strategic. You're good. You, Try to be. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's – I don't think that – that you find that in a lot of people in our industry, it's it's usually one or the other. I mean, we joke like the agents have no creativity, but the producers have no business sense, right? right. So I think, you know, I kind of, I think I'm pretty good at that too. Yeah. But you Definitely. have you have a you know all the play like you're just very smart about that's seeing the bigger job. picture. Right. That, to me, that that's what made and and I'll be honest on your podcast. Sometimes you slam network executives. I right? know this is why I want more on. But so you that's guys can what speak a up. good network executive <laughs> is supposed to be. We're supposed to straddle business and creative, yeah. in a way that is symbiotic, mm-hmm. right? So that we can help producers just be creative. Let us take the brunt of the business. Let us understand all of the the crappy deal points that are going to get in the way of of your creativity yeah. and help you navigate through it in a way that is is frictionless. Yeah. And if we're doing that right, we're doing our job right. Yeah, so, I agree. So, and again, that goes back to E was the best place to learn at the time because we, you know, at at, at an assistant level, I'm in the business affairs meetings, understanding deal points. Uh, after after a BA meeting, I would, you know, take a, a Tom Martin aside, who was you know our BA guy. I'd say, could you explain to me what cash versus gap is and and how how it works with deficit finance? And he was it was school. Yeah. And and understanding that to the core helps me be the best network exec I can I can try to be. Yeah. Know? And another feather in your cap as a network exec, Uh-oh. so you don't think I'm just bashing network execs. <laughs> Is that um, you're and and you've heard me say this before too that especially in LA that most network execs here do not pass in a room and they'll blow smoke up your ass even oh, though I, I mean pass I, in a room yeah <laughs> I love it yeah. I love it I mean I think but you do it with a soft place to land and I think that's another great skill because I'm not great at that like I'm like yeah I don't like that but <laughs> but the truth of the matter is I'd say ninety percent of the time I pass in the room isn't about the show it's about the network. Well, that's right. what you'll say. Like, I pitched yeah. you a few months ago, and you're like, I love it. It's just we're not going to do any of these things. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and also, uh, 
one of the things I've learned, because listen, it's so great to come on this podcast and talk about success stories. They're 10% of what we do, right? 90% of what we do is a huge failure. But most of my failures, I can genuinely say, come from trying to take something where the DNA is not the right fit for the network and shoehorn it in. Well, listen, you have to take those chances. You do. Because sometimes it's those ones that, and you know, A&E does that a lot. They'll yep. do something out of the box that actually ends up being one of the biggest hits on the network. But I think out of the box is different than than fundamentally when you the DNA is off, yeah. right? And, and so you... I'll hear a pitch. I'm like, oh, my God, if I were at blank, I would yeah, do that show yeah, in a yeah, heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And I shouldn't ever pick up a show that when I it so clearly could be developed right for another network. Not to say I can't develop things right for whatever brand I'm working on. I can twist things and mold things. But if the fundamental core of the show isn't there, then I, then I think we're doomed for failure. Is there a show right? I know you've been asked this yeah. before, though. But is there a show right now on another network that you feel like should be a TLC show? That- Absolutely not. Okay, so it, that's that great. one's easy. Okay. That one, I will tell you the one and the reason I left E was over this one. Ooh, um, juicy. So I wanted people's couch <laughs> so that freaking totally badly. Worked, yeah, because I'm you know I'm overseeing the soup forever. Right. I know that inside and Absolutely. out. Absolutely, I'm a huge nerd for anything <laughs> yes. uh, British culture. Right. So I was watching Gogglebox nonstop. I'm such an Anglo. I'm, I'm it's it's bad. Um, I have British television like in my house. So I was watching Gogglebox nonstop and I go, we need that show. And it was post-merger and I wanted it so badly. And Bravo wanted it, obviously, and Bravo did a great job with it. But I think at its the, the true Gogglebox was about real Brits or real Americans watching telly and, <laughs> and just being, you know, unvarnished. And real Americans was much more an E thing than a Bravo thing. Bravo's That's, very elitist yeah. and coastal at, at their core, which is okay. That's actually a really good point. It, it probably would have worked better. Did they do second window on E? Uh, I, they might have, but the way Bravo produced it, that's an example of like taking something and making it your brand. Yeah. So then it, it wouldn't didn't have, feel right it for It would it. never have worked on E yeah. the way people's – and it's a beautiful show. It's yeah. so well done. Um, Aaliyah Silverstein. Oh, my out. God. She's yeah. so good. Yeah. She, I, that was really her oh, baby. Oh, I love her. Um, but on E! Behind the Soup – yeah. No question. I think that show would have worked for us. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one. The and, one that got away. But it was. It wasn't. The, it got away. I wasn't allowed to get it because Bravo already was because buying it. And Bravo was the better, and I and I was like, I can't win. Like I'm in a <laughs> because uh, un, unfortunately was that, is that the food chain there. Basically, it's like Bravo. No, 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 okay. no. It, it doesn't go in a descending order or anything. Okay. At least I don't know it actually because I'm not there anymore. But yeah. as I understand it, you know, there's there's a bunch of decision makers that go. This network needs this at this time. Right, yada right, yada yada. Right. Got and, it. And, by the way, the people who are paid a lot more than me made decisions that they needed to make. Yeah. I just felt like I was handcuffed to – I didn't care about the other networks. That wasn't right. my job. My job was to make E win. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it, right? So um, that was the one show that I will always remember like, oh, that one got away. Yeah. That one got away. So then you ended up going to TLC. How long have you been there? About a year and a half now. Okay. Yeah. And so talk about that a little bit and like what – because also that's again a very different brand. Like it's interesting, you totally know, from maybe from ABC. And I think to you know, I I Howard Lee, who I now work for, was the first meeting I took when I left ABC. Uh huh. And I didn't come to TLC until nine months later. So obviously I was not you know the instant choice for yeah. him. And I think a big part of that was um, he looked at my resume. You're, and you're Hollywood. I, I'm Hollywood. Yeah. And TLC is the antithetical opposite. to that. Right. But what he and I give him so much credit for taking a risk on me. He looked at the programming I did at E! And he goes, that's really about human stories, right? The Kardashians is a family show. Absolutely. Well, you know my philosophy on this. Yeah. I always say this, that whether you're a producer or network executive, if you're good, it shouldn't matter. If you, If history picked you up today to go work for history, you'd be an amazing executive at history. Yeah, like, well, I'm a... History is actually my dirty. Like, like that's what Eli, I watch. are you listening? Well, no, no, but like I'm a, I'm a nerd. Listen, but I'm, right, but yes, and so yes. you might even, like, like again, and it may be something that you don't like, whatever right. it is, but you're still going to rock out at that job because the actual job of being a network executive, and if you're good at it, should mm-hmm. translate to whatever place you're at. Yes, right? I, I would like to. I would like to think. And that. you're a quick study, right? So it's not like, and also it's not rocket science. Come on. Yeah, and also this is the first time in my career where I'm specifically development, right? And so, so no, pro, no, not, no overseeing, any no current. current. Okay. Do you, um, how does that? Do you like that? It's incredible. Yeah, because the, I, the the current people at TLC are like magicians. Yeah, they can 
they just they know the brand. They know the audience yeah. inside and out. And they make these choices, these notes that because I, I, I'm in the notes sessions, right, because I'm speaking for development and, and Howard is great about bringing the whole team together. Smart. And, you know, when a first cut comes in of a show, first cut, and this would have terrified me in the past, <laughs> the network EP, his boss or her boss, the that VP, mm-hmm. the senior vice, my counterpart in, in production, Alon, myself, the development person and Howard and the president. All sit down and watch the very first rough cut of every series together in a room. Wow. And so the, the So much for a rough cut. Yeah, but, but <laughs> that is so important. You know, like so so, rough cuts aren't really rough cuts at Teals. If you're no, delivering a rough cut, no, no, it no, better no. look like a damn fine no, cut. No, no, no. No, because they know what they're doing. Yeah. So so yeah, we you're getting a unified Right. Set of notes. Which is us. great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I know the producers that do stuff for TLC are all, i never heard complete. You guys are on the good list of, yeah. of networks to work with. Well, I, I mean, and, and I can't take any credit for that because that, that's the current side, but they are just, they're, they're really smart. Yeah. They're really smart. So what do you, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but wh- how do you see your career going? Like five years from now, 10 years from now? I know you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, just, I feel you're ambitious. A little bit. Um, Right now, it's it's really hard to answer that question because I don't know the shape of the landscape right. in, in five <laughs> right. years. I can tell you, it used to be, I, you know, I want to run a, a network one yeah. day. I don't know if there'll be networks right. in five years or ten years. Right. I don't know what that will be called. Yeah. But I can tell you that I want to be in charge of the creative vision for a media brand. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know. I guess that's yeah. the most that's vague that, way of saying I, it. I mean, that totally makes um, sense. But, but what has, what I can add to that is I also want to be surrounded by great people. Yeah, it's so that, important. That, it's harder and harder. Yeah. Um, the culture is so important. I lucked out. I didn't know the TLC discovery culture at all yeah. before coming in. And it, it's like every meeting we're in is like Thanksgiving dinner. We yell at each other. We, we make jokes. We we have to stop down and go, oh, guys, let's let's remember what this meeting's about. Yeah. But it, we get it, there's this there's some magic in that, right? And yeah. I want to make sure that's a part of my career because it's not necessarily about the accolades. It's about the day to day. Yeah. And the day to day there has been great so far. Yeah. So so our stock questions will run Ooh. through quickly. Okay. So what is your proudest professional accomplishment? Um, on the, on the television side, even though I obviously love Kardashians and all that great stuff, um, getting to work with Joan Rivers and, mm. and as someone who is a nerd for television, right? I used to watch her old Today oh Show days God. and uh, today, Tonight Show days and stuff like that. She is such a pioneer. And like, this is a person who like called me on my birthday every year. Like she, she, she made every, she, I didn't, she didn't care about me. Right. But she made everybody feel so special. Wow. And I knew that part of her her own life's journey was to be a late night talk show host, right? And she had the one she wanted the Tonight Show. She tried the Fox thing, and for her 80th birthday, we're trying to figure out like, what do we do? How do we stunt fashion police? And I always wanted to do a late night talk show with John Rivers, and so I said, can we strip fashion police? Can we give her at least a week of her late night talk show that she, you know, she always wanted to prove she could do it. And that turned into giving her the entire network for her 80th birthday. And, and there was just something so just meaningful for me as a part of a television historian nerd yeah. to be able to just have a small part of Joan Rivers' career meant the world to me. It's, so, like, as an achievement, that yes. felt fulfilling. But really the, the great thing is from the interns I used to work with to my old assistants, like, we're talking about, you know, the VPs of Bravo. And, like, their what they're doing and seeing those guys excel in their career and whatever little part I got to play in helping them learn either from me or learn what not to do because they were like, Jason, you're an idiot. That That is the real achievement. So I love that. It's true. Like I, I get like kind of teary eyed when the, when I hear about one of my old guys getting a promotion. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. You but you so are. That's that's another great thing about you is that you're a big cheerleader. Like there's a lot of cutthroat shit that goes on in this business. But like every time someone gets a promotion, you post about it like you are just really genuinely happy and you come. You don't talk shit on people. That's really annoying, actually. Uh, well, it, but, you know, like when I go to real school, people are like, oh, real screen is so annoying. Yes. I go, I'm like, oh, my God, I get to see. All these, <laughs> I, like, I just I have an optimal. 
if, you're, if you're not an optimist, if you're not an optimist, get out of the business. There's no point. There's no point being a pessimist. Too much bad shit happens. You have to exactly. believe that every idea, every talent, yeah. every every you know article you read could be the <laughs> next big yeah. culture defining hit, and that optimism is super important. Yeah. So. No, I agree. You have a sunny disposition, and I yeah. think it's infectious, and probably it trickles down to everybody that you eh, work with. Sometimes. Other times, I don't God, know. Jason. I don't know if my team would say that. <laughs> so annoying with this Pollyanna. Yeah. Um, and then, do you have any regrets? Um, you know, the stock answer. There's no regrets because look where it got me in my career. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but um, but ev- yes, I have a ton. Every frame of every television show I've been a part of is a regret. Oh, you're that guy. I am that guy. <laughs> like I cannot watch. I, I I cannot watch any show I've ever been associated <laughs> with and not go. Oh, we should have right. done. Oh, yeah. And and I and that. That's fine. As a network executive is really terrifying because you're always wanting one more cut. I know. It's you know? true. But, you know, I, I think about that a lot. I'm not quite like I'm, I'm a little bit in the middle uh, mm-hmm. in that. I'm not quite you, but I'm not like, ah, this is great. You know, I, I'm definitely maybe other every other frame. Right. But um, <laughs> and it's probably a better place to be in terms of not killing yourself, you know, not beating yourself up. But I do feel did you watch the um, Gary Shaling documentary? I didn't. Oh, my God, Jason, you have yeah. to see it. Was it will blow your mind. Yes. Judd Apatow directed it. It's a masterpiece. There's oh, no that, other way that to guy. say it. That guy. Yeah. Either, I mean, really, is there anything he can't do? It's so beautiful. But Gary was a perfectionist. Yeah. And he made people crazy. But the but what really stuck with me was, you know, made me even want to be more of one in a way because mm-hmm. ultimately he just wanted to make it better and make the art better. And I feel like, you know, if that's your biggest regret or your biggest weakness, I feel like that's not such a bad thing. But there's no such thing as perfection it's because it's it's right. subjective, yeah. right? So that's, it's, it's annoying. I wish I could turn it off. Well, it is. And it's, but I think also you are a happy person. It's, I mean, with Gary, I think it would make him depressed yeah. because the, he can never get it to the level that he wanted it to. So I think you have to strike that balance of like, okay, I can let it go. I, yeah. I would have done it differently, but I, I have a hard go. time watching my show. I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't do it. And then when you watch other people's shows, do you feel the same way? Oh, you know, like, no, you want to note them all. Um, I don't watch a lot of reality television for that reason. But yeah. like, that was my next question. But like, as a, uh, you know, I, I sample everything. I try and, yeah, and yeah. study everything. Although I will say I do watch The Voice now every this week. This is The Voice. Because I've got my Kelly Clarkson on it. Right. right. So this oh is a big God. deal for me. Right. So Jason this, this is done for me. loves Kelly. That's yeah. the show. Jason loves Kelly. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of obvious. She's so cute. She, and I get been it. watching it? Yeah, I watch every week. she's brilliant. Yeah. But, she's very good. But I text the producers as I'm watching notes. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, she was so great in this moment. Can we get more of this? Like, and and because and, uh, it's a good friend of mine from 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 college, actually, who's a producer there. So, oh, really? Yeah. She has. Oh, maybe I'll have them on. She yeah. has a great sense of humor. Yeah, she's she, I didn't know so that about funny. her. She's yeah, just so she's funny. and they you could tell she drives them crazy and they love her all at once cuz yeah. she doesn't stop talking. Yeah. She's adorable. She she is, I'm a big fan. Well, listen, she came from reality TV. Right, well, right? That's like, the she, thing. Her this personality was, her, was always a part of her yeah, success. Yeah, that's so true. Right? So. And she can sing her ass off. Oh. I mean, come on. I mean, I've seen her on concert a few. I know, just I a few, yeah, just, just a few. And do you watch anything else? I mean, like I said, on Saturday mornings, I'm most likely seen watching like a documentary about the Pope yeah. or like Jewish <laughs> right. mysticism. Like I, I like love that stuff. Like That's I'm awesome. a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. Um, I, I do watch. I watch Bravo like nonstop. Right. I do. I watch our shows now. Like yeah. I, because I, I didn't oh really know God. a lot about TLC until right. I started studying. Ninety Day it. Fiance. We just have to give oh a shout God. out. It's probably the best show, reality show on TV. It's so if you are not watching Ninety Day Fiance yeah. franchise, you are Listen, missing. I didn't watch out. it till six months ago. I I was just like, eh, I'm not. Yeah. And then it's everyone, everyone, right, everyone said, if you love Housewives, that you don't even hold a candle. Well, because it's so, it's so real. real. Exactly. It is. So, it's so uncomfortably you real. You cannot make that stuff up. So the, the yeah. funniest thing was this season I'm watching and my husband comes in and he goes, I know that woman. I'm spacing on her name from Georgia. And he goes, she was on that bra show on Lifetime. Oh, I think that's Molly. <clears throat> Molly and Louise. Oh, what a train wreck. She's Molly's not the train wreck. That whole situation is a train wreck. Molly's adorable, but dumb. But I mean, it's it <laughs> is a legal pressure cooker. The K-1 visa is, is so it's real. real. It's a real format. It I just happens. We have friends who actually did it. And yeah. They're still together like 20 years later. Uh, they wouldn't adorable make a TV. Couple. No, no, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I go, you would never make that show. But the story was the same. It was like we had to rush into it. Like we were in love and we had to live in the same place. It's amazing. Yeah. Kudos to Matt Sharp, who I've known forever. Oh, so smart. Um, and, and has a long history with TLC. He used to do extreme couponing. Right. Right. So who would, you wouldn't think, and that, and, and yeah. to your point earlier of like, yeah, if you're a producer. great storyteller, yeah. you're a great storyteller, you would never think he would do a show like 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. And that was his baby. And and, and it, the baby that birthed a few babies. I think we have four 
franchises of it now. I love it. And Digital they'll, they'll and all linear. do well. They'll yeah, no, they, they've well. all been doing. You can't get enough. They've been great. Because there's very few, you know, unscripted reality, whatever you want to call it, shows that are truly that real. But that's TLC. With, sta- with, built, with those, that yep. built-in ticking clock that's a real ticking clock oh, yeah. and not a manufactured one. No, and, and, and also kudos to them in the casting. Like, they yes. find. Oh, my God. They just find these I know. pockets I would be people. nervous, like, as a network, like, oh, how are they going to find another crop? You know what? <laughs> the nerves are gone. <laughs> because you know they It's will. now different. When, and this is a kudos to Sharp Entertainment. Whenever we're expecting their round of casting, all of us, we kind of clear our schedule and we get excited to watch and we all get in a room together. And it, it's like you bring the popcorn. Like, it is. The casting is so good. They're so good. Wow. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, Jason. This is fun. This is Long so Long overdue. Fun. Long I'm ready for part overdue. two. You tell me when. Um, Totally. Did we did we mention Drew once? I feel like we have to give a shout out to Drew. Drew, Drew who? Yeah, Who's exactly. That? No, I, you know Drew's my birthday twin. That's right. Drew is my birthday twin. Yes. And he also was Lisa Berger's like first assistant or, or like one of the first. I know. So I feel like we are cosmically linked. Absolutely. In many, many ways. Yeah. You, you actually, you remind me of each other a little We're bit. Very sim- like I always yeah. say like he's my birthday twin and Andy Cohen's my birthday twin. But Andy. And, I'm, and, yeah. and Andy I know for, and he's a BU alum. Hi, Andy oh, Cohen. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm constantly like. Am I showing my Andy Cohen side today or my Drew Tappan <laughs> side today? They're, I'm a Gemini. They're they're my two sides. They're your twins. Yeah. Well, so. you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was super fun. <laughs> 